Hey everybody, it's uh, it's it's Nick. I wanted to say real quick before we start the episode, and we do say this in the episode, but I want to hammer it in. Just subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe, rate us five stars, write a review, tell your friends, follow us on Instagram at the Only Horror Movie Podcast on everything on social media, and email us if you want at, at the Only Horror Movie Pod at gmail.com. The Only Horror Movie. The only horror movie pod. But yeah, tell your friends and, and share our stuff on Instagram if you really like the show. Because uh, it, it will help. And, and we really enjoy doing it and we'd love to keep doing it. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy this. Uh, goodbye. The only horror movie podcast with Nick and Joe. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, we're here. Here we go. Yeah, we're back. Hello, everybody. It's episode two. Number two. That's right. It's definitely two. It's not four. Yep. This is the real two. We didn't have to scrap an entire episode. <laughs> because it was too boring. We didn't do that. Or did we? You know, we wanna, we're only trying to bring you guys the highest quality podcast experience possible. Yeah. And we want to be honest with you, too. You know, we don't want to pretend like this is... Uh, this is really episode two, but it, it is now because we made it. Well, really, you know, you can record them, I guess, in any order. It doesn't really. Yeah. But I, yeah, we recorded a, episode two for a movie that we're not even going to tell you what it was because it'll come back and we'll do yeah, it again. We'll, we'll do it. We don't want to do it justice. And we really, it was my fault, honestly. No, I, I it wasn't your fault. It was, it's a new podcast. It totally was though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll give it to you, but it's a new pod and you know, you record something and then you listen back and you're like, all right, well, this isn't, we can't do this. It was a little too boring for, you know, for the fans of the only horror movie podcast. Right. It's the only one that's out there. We can't set the bar that low. No, we want, you know, we want, we want horror podcasting to be a thing. Yeah. We want to try to make it a thing. We you know, we think more people should do these. Yeah. We want to inspire people to say, Hey, you know what? I never thought it was possible to do a horror movie podcast, but now I know that I can because of the boys. Yep, Nick and Joe. That's uh, right. Doing the thing. That's right. And by the way, I'm Nick. And I'm Joe. And uh, this is the Only Horror Movie Podcast. And today, we're doing The Fog, John Carpenter. Yeah, his, uh, was it like second or third? I don't know. Major feature, you know. You're the guy. Third, I think. So, yeah, yeah, he was 1980. Unless and you count the TV movie Elvis, which I don't. Elvis, what was that? Film. Was it about Elvis? Yeah, starring Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell played Elvis? Yeah. I bet he makes a better one than the current guy. Probably, yeah. Who's the current guy? Oh, I, I saw that. It's Boz Lerman, Elvis, right? What's Boz Lerman? I think he did uh, the, what was the Moulin Rouge movie? Was that what it's called? Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, no, you're right. I yeah, did he hear about that. a lot of those like musicals and stuff. Right, right. Well, I mean, good. I'm sure it's fine. I've actually heard the movie's good. I'm just judging really? from the previews and the trailers where I look at the guy and I'm like, I just want, the, I every time I see a, a biopic, I want it to be exactly like the guy. I mean, even though I play John Cazal and I don't look like John Cazal, I you know, it's I, I see other people doing that stuff. But and I'm you, like, you still nailed it. Oh, you well, still thanks. Nailed it. Thanks. That's what's I mean. And maybe this guy nailed it. You know, maybe. I don't know. It's hard to think somebody's going to do a better job than Bruce Campbell and Bubba Hotep playing Elvis. Oh, that's right. Which is uh, Don Coscarelli. I don't Did I say I had to have seen Bubba Hotep? Did I have you? I don't know. Should we do it? <laughs> Oh, we, we definitely will do it. You know, it's uh, Don Coscarelli who made Phantasm. Oh, it's an actual horror movie? Yeah. Okay, I haven't seen it. Oh, it's a good one. Oh, hell yeah, we're doing that. Uh, well, how are you, man? So let's try to good, talk man. about each other. Uh, 
as though yeah. we didn't talk about the other stuff that we did on episode three. Yeah. Oh, weird. Yeah. We're going to. Yeah. yeah. So we're just not going to talk about this stuff. You'll hear about all the new stuff with Joe and me. And yeah. You know, we're, three. we're in the future. Yeah. And then, uh, in episode three, we're going to be, you know, in the past kind yeah. of, you know, like a lot of the, you know, kind of phantasm style. Yeah. Right. We're just trying to, that's, that was a purposeful thing. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, we want to, you know, we want to keep it interesting for you guys. Yeah. We keep you guessing, keep you yeah. on your toes. But yeah, man, what's, uh, what's going on? I don't know. Well, we just, uh, uh, Joe and I came from a open mic, um, just down the road. Yep. And, uh, I don't know. I was thinking like, you know, I, I, I'm doing this old bit that I used to do. Um, and I'm, I'm bringing it back to rewrite it and stuff. Cause I'm trying to build some time here and, um, you know, it's a good bit. It works well. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think it's a great bit and I'm happy you brought it back. Oh, it, thanks. You know, I, you know, I thought it was a good one before, but it, I think it's better now. Oh, thanks. You well, know? I, I, I do like it. I, I think I, I, I get really insecure about bits that I do for too long and I, I kind of shelve them cause I'm like, I'm, as we all do. Yeah. Eventually you start losing your mind when you're doing a joke for like six years. You're like, well, I'm not recording an album and I just keep doing this joke over and over and I, I yeah, feel like well, a hack. Especially when, you know, you're doing a lot of open mics like we are and performing for the same people. Right. Kind of over and over again. Yeah. You, know, you feel you start to feel guilty. Right. Do you want a bit that, you know, everyone has heard. Yeah. You want to bring the, the freshness, you know, you, you want everybody to be like, oh, this guy's always coming up with new stuff. But then you start coming up with too much new stuff. And then it's terrible. And then and you got to go back to the. Yeah. And then everyone looks at you and they're like, this guy doesn't know how to write a joke. You yep. know, I mean, he's like coming up with stuff, but goddamn, none of it's f- killer. And yeah. then you bring out the old guns no and everyone lines. suddenly everyone's like, whoa, this guy's good. And yeah. Like, yeah. I have bits. It's a weird. The struggles of being a, a comedian, you know, that's yeah, weird. Well, yeah. Comedians in our position. Yeah, you know, I'm sure even the famous ones have their own version of that. You sure, know? I mean uh, everybody. It's I a, don't know, maybe not Jerry Seinfeld. Like, oh, well, the he's same a, material forever. Like, he's an artificial intelligence. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah, that's how he comes across. Yeah, he doesn't have a. Uh, uh, he. I mean, what? I feel like Louis C.K. fucked us all up before he got canceled. He was like the guy in comedy, and he was like, "Oh, I have a new hour every year." Yes, even if it's not that good. Oh yeah, well he set a bad precedent. Yeah, because because he was really good at doing that, but he really there were so many hours that were like, eh, maybe you should put another year into this. Yeah, would have been better. And that's he- the same thing with like other comics, like Aziz Ansari kind of started doing that too, and it was just kind of like you became the thing, and then yeah. people started putting out. Like, is it really a special if you're doing one a year and not working that hard on it? Right. How long does it take to make something special, really? Like, a little I, bit longer. I, I always like, because that's what, like, Bill Burr would always... Yeah, he was like know, three years or Three so. years or so, yeah. Mike Birbigli, all these people, like, they really put the... They're like, I'm not doing this until it's ready. Yeah, you, you know? know? Like, why do you want to put out a mediocre... I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. Probably made a lot of money doing it. That's true, you know? Yeah. If you're, yeah. It's part of the incentive. You're on that level. Yeah. Are you doing good Not emotionally? Us. Yeah, man. You yeah. know, like uh, doing pretty great, you know? Though. That's great. Dealing with a little tinnitus, but I have an appointment with a doctor about it on Friday. Is that so. from rock and roll? It is. It's from actually one show in particular. Were you like at or you were playing? I was, no, I was just attending. I went to see DRI. Okay. With some uh, some friends and it was uh, the most impossibly loud metal show i've ever been to in my life nasty savage also played okay there i don't know any of these bands but they sound loud they're both from the 80s nasty savage was a florida band and the singer uh does this thing where he drops a 27 inch tube tv on his head 
okay. as part of the performance. <laughs> Every time? Yeah, he's been doing that since the 80s. <laughs> and this time he did it. And then I saw him do that and then go get into his wheelchair and watch the rest of the show. Really? Yeah. So <laughs> when he's on stage, he's not in a wheelchair? No. And then he drops TV on his head. Yeah. And then he gets into a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean... Did he is he doesn't look like he's not in good shape. You no, know? no, he uh, can't be. No, and that I would think be that's really bad for you to do. I think so. He's yeah, bleeding it's called a, a concussion. Lot. Yeah. Yeah. He's bleeds. Oh yeah, yeah. You drop dropping a TV on his head. And he does it, I think, multiple times. Like in one of, show. Yeah. Like he drops it and it breaks, and then he drops it again when it's all fucked up and like it's like got jagged edges and stuff. How old is he? Uh, I assume twenty seven. He, yeah. <laughs> gotta be in his fifties at sure. least. Uh, just because, you know, they were like the first, one of the first, like two big metal, well, not really big, but right. metal bands from Florida. Damn. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, uh, but yeah. And then like, you know, DRI just blew my eardrums out. I was even wearing earplugs, which is the fucked up part. I was like, I got I had damn. different high fidelity earplugs. So I think they were based on a, a design that 3M is getting sued by the military, like by, like military vets for like fucking up their hearing with this flawed earplug design. So you have that one? That's the ones I was using at Jesus. the time. I have better ones now. God damn, dude. Well, I hope your tinnitus got how long ago was this? That was in October of last year. Oh shit. And it it comes and goes. Yeah, oh, god damn. But other than that, doing great. Uh thoughts and prayers. Uh uh <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's not not it's not fun to have a high pitch ringing in your ears all the time. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I mean, I, I feel like I, I mean, I fucked my ears up as a kid playing, you know, I was in bands and stuff in high school. Yeah, same. But, um, but yeah, this was like one night like, yeah. that I just regret. And so I'm horrified of that stuff. Like when, as we're getting older, I'm just worried about my body. You know, when something yeah. happens, I'm like, I don't want, like, so I quit smoking and, and quit vaping. Cause I was just like, I have to put my foot down because I know I'm only 33 almost, but I'm like, it's, I'm, it's going to flash before my eyes suddenly yeah. i'm gonna be fucking 50 time feels like it's going by faster and faster i i'm trying to get nikki to quit vaping that's my fiance yeah she will at some yeah. point i got her to switch from smoking to vaping yeah i'm doing the pouches tell her to get the zin pouches i will recommend them yeah i think they're great if you're gonna go to a, any loud shows i recommend loop high fidelity earplugs loop high fidelity yeah avoid eargasm at all costs oh eargasm yeah, that was oh, the company. Oh, yeah, that was like, they were like a little Instagram company. Yeah, they got advertised a lot. And yeah. I was like, oh, that sounds great. You know, you don't lose all the sound quality. And, right. But you do lose your hearing. But they had a, yeah. I mean, when you come up with a name like that, you, you clearly have a company made by millennials who don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. And, and we, we didn't catch on. We were like, oh, we want to, we want to, you know, anytime a company comes up, like, like any, any Instagram ad with like a dude in his 30s, I'm like, this is suspect. Yeah, you definitely. Know? Yeah, well, that's lesson learned the hard way. <laughs> Fucking eargasm. Hey, we got a cool name. That's all you have. Yeah, and a, a, a terrible product. God damn. Um, all right, well, let's talk about the fog, man. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, onto something, you know, a little more positive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I don't know. I think people learned from, uh, from that. You know, I don't think that was too negative. I think that's just reality. Yeah, you, you know, know, protect your hearing. Protect your hearing. PSA. So the fog, John Carpenter, 1980. I loved it. Really? You loved it? Well, I don't know. Actually, when I say I loved it, I was going through my notes earlier and I was like, there's a lot of stuff in here that actually didn't, we didn't need. I felt like there were a lot of details that I was kind of like, why are we, what's going on here? So like there was one thing, right? Yeah. Um, So Elizabeth played by Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm -hmm. She, so 
in the beginning of the movie, and we'll go through the plot here in a minute, uh, but in, in the beginning of the movie, they talk about how all these people sank on this cruise ship, right? All, this, all these crew members died a yeah. hundred years ago. And then they say that this yeah, woman- Yeah, I don't think it was a cruise ship. Exactly. No, 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 not cruise. I, I meant crew uh, ship, but yeah, not, yeah. not a cruise ship. Uh, <laughs> I just totally misunderstood the entire movie. Royal Caribbean fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So- uh, so no, they say that there's a, a woman who dies at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. And it's this woman named Elizabeth. Oh, okay. And, and then and that. maybe I'm wrong, but I, I could have sworn that they, that her no, name you're was probably Elizabeth. right. And then they pick up later, you meet Jamie Lee Curtis and her name is Elizabeth. So in my head, I'm like, oh, this is, this might be her, the Elizabeth from the thing. And she's like in this other body or whatever. And then you kind of, I don't know, I, that maybe that was me fucking up. Well, you know what? That's a, you bring that up. It's an interesting detail. Like every character, almost every character in this movie, is, their name references uh, real people who John Carpenter works with. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So like Tom Atkins, his character's name is Nick Castle. That's who played the shape Michael Myers in Halloween. Oh. And like, yeah, every name. So he did, either, ha- he did Halloween. Yeah. Okay, cool. cool. Yeah. So yeah, I don't like, know they're, shit. Oh, they're all references to like, uh, yeah, mostly to like other actors and people involved in the making of his movies. Yeah. And like just friends of his and stuff. Great. I mean, good for him. That's yeah. what I would do. I just put all my friends in movies and then name all my characters after my friends. Yeah. Yeah. Name them after your other friends. Like, yeah. 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 Uh, no, I, you know, I, I, I liked it. I did like, and I, I think I liked it a lot. I thought it was like an enjoyable movie. It, to me, it, it, the pacing was great. There wasn't yeah. a dull moment. It just kept going. They really did. Like, yeah, they kept the, ed- the I have noticed they said like the editing and this was great. Like they just like, yeah, it moves. It really sure. does move. There really isn't um, any point where you're like, oh, what's it's happening? dragging. Yeah, yeah. It's like picks up right away, you know, and we're in it. And yeah. I like that. His movies are good about that. You know, I can't really think of many where it's just like, you know, like, okay, we get it. Right. Kind of yeah. like the opposite of, you know, maybe Midsommar or something. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, which will we do an episode on that movie sometime? Yeah, we might as well. Yeah, because we'll you didn't it. like it. No, I I didn't I didn't hate it. Well, right, it's like I hate it, but I don't necessarily think it's a hundred percent bad movie. Right. Sometimes I, I watch a movie and I don't know how to judge it. That was one of those ones where I had to like think about it. Right. Right. You know. Um. Yeah. I, I, I and in terms of the scary scale, because as you know, this is a podcast where Joe tells me to go watch a movie. I'm a horror newbie. Um. I, I you know scary scale. I mean, I'm going to say five four. Mm. You know. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, but I, I honestly, looking back on the uh, the other episodes we've been doing, it's always kind of going to be a 5-4 for now, wherever we're at. Yeah, well, I was thinking, you know, we can, like, maybe we can step it up with some of the ones that go, you know, that are a little bit, go a little harder. Right. Yeah, episode four is going to be, we're going to go into Slasher. We yeah. talk about that in the third episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a little teaser. It's so weird doing this order thing. But yeah, I don't know. What do you, how do you, how do you want to do this? Yeah, well, we can, uh, you know, we'll talk about it for a second, then I guess we can move through the plot. Um, sure. Like we mentioned, it was uh, directed by John Carpenter, came out in 1980, written by him and Deborah Hill and produced by Deborah Hill. Okay. Yeah, right. Deborah who Hill. was uh, his girlfriend for a while. But I just wanted to mention her because she's like, uh, she's pretty significant. You know, she right. uh, she was born in Haddonfield, New Jersey. Okay. Which is the town that Halloween is set in in Illinois. Oh, okay. She edited Assault on Precinct 13, which is one of his first movies. And then she was the producer for Halloween, The Fog, uh, Escape from L.A., Escape from New York, uh, and then wrote and produced Halloween 2. Oh, dope. Just figured we should mention, you know, Deborah Hill, because not there were not a lot of women working in. Right. You know, there were a lot cast in horror movies around this time, but totally. not a lot who were producing. Right, right, right. And everyone always and, talks about John Carpenter. 
Yeah, and so she she played a pretty significant part in a lot of his early work. She co-wrote Halloween and produced that. Oh, that's great. That's uh, huge. And she had a career outside of working with him too. She worked into the mid two thousands. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, passed away from colon cancer. Yikes. But uh, yeah, look uh look up Deborah Hill. She's got a lot of uh good stuff under her belt. That's awesome. All right, so we'll just open with this 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 quote. Yeah. By Edgar Allan Poe. Yep. Is all that we see or seem but a dream within a dream, says yeah. Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, which comes from a, a poem which is called like A Dream Within a Dream or something. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, I wonder. Yeah, great. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out exactly what that quote has to do with the rest of the movie. I don't know either. And I thought I would really, it would really become clear. It would make more sense for that to be uh, like a phantasm or something. Right. Where you're, there's dreaming. Cause right. Uh, yeah, because... There, there are no dreams in this movie. No, the fog is like it's a supernatural movie, but it's all t- it all t- has like a you know a normal like logic. You're not like in somebody's dream or anything. Never this is actually one, happening. Sometimes I feel like movies just like to put a quote. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like well, you know, uh, the, the, this one, uh, the original cut was a little too short. Oh, really? And not that's scary usually... enough. So they went and they, they reshot some stuff and added some stuff. Wow. That's, so that's that totally might have neat. been just to like pad the runtime. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this gives us five seconds. Um, so, okay. We open with that uh, quote and then we open on a ticking clock and some children watching this clock. And then it's immediately snapped shut by this captain who I'm still unclear about who this guy is. Yeah. So the, the captain, uh, he's telling the children the scary story by a fire. Uh, he says it's 11.55. He's going to tell him one more story. Also, here's some... Dude, okay. You have to tell me if this happened in your cut of the film. Okay. Did Was there a weird zoom in on the captain's face? Oh, there might have been. Okay. I, because there's this... I don't know what... It makes no fucking sense, but I rewatched it three times. And it does like... There's like a wide shot of him, and it does this weird, almost like an Instagram-y, like a TikTok-y kind of zoom in, pan over, like they did yeah. it in post. Looks like shit. Huh. Not, I was like, is this going to be the style of the movie? Doesn't happen ever again. That was actually one of the scenes they added after the fact to, oh. to like, you know, we got like a, you know, like a 70 minute movie here or something. <laughs> well, that's so that whole scary yeah. story scene. Yeah. See, and also- that, that makes so much sense to me because it feels now that it makes it so much less scary. And also you're like, yeah, we get it. We're watching a horror film. Yeah. You know? It's really, you know, it sets the tone that this is going to be like a kind of a campfire ghost story, I guess a little bit. Okay. Okay. So that makes sense of why we don't really understand. But also he says there's five minutes to tell one story and that scene is only two and a half minutes. Yeah. Okay. Great point. That's a great point. And yeah. And then he tells the story and then it strikes midnight. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the zoom thing happens, which freaked me out. Um, his story is a bunch of, of crewmen dying on a ship. There's a young woman who I believe he says is Elizabeth who dies with her eyes open. Uh, it's the 21st of April. This is a hundred years after that night happened. And so now all these kids are scared and um, the tr- clock strike strikes midnight. Then, then it is like this pan up. Right. And then we find the title of the film. And then uh, we hear the narrator kind of of this film, who is the DJ. She's yeah. kind of like uh, in Reservoir Dogs, you know, how there's like the Stephen Wright is narrating kind of over this uh, yeah. radio station. And it's or the just, Warriors. Right. Or the Warriors. And so it's, it's uh, but it's this woman, Stevie, and she's running an, uh, an hour of music. She's got this soothing, sexy voice. And uh, she's calling it like the witching hour or something, right? Yeah. Played by Adrian Barbeau, who was married to John Carpenter at the time. No shit. Yeah. That was his wife. Wow. She's beautiful. She based her uh, DJ voice off of like a 60s radio DJ who called herself the Nightingale. 
Ooh, I like the nightingale. Yeah. Yeah, she did a great job. I was like really into her. Uh, so now we're, we cut to this carpenter. He's at a church and he's finishing up. He's going to say goodbye to a priest. And this is Father Malone. He's an alcoholic. Doesn't seem to be doing great, right? He's an alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah. So he leaves and then a rock falls off the wall onto the father's desk. And he sees behind this rock that there is this old book. And he opens it up and he finds out the book was from 1880, which is 100 years ago. So he reads uh, into the book and it says, Midnight till one belongs to the dead. God deliver us. Yeah, that's a reference to uh, Valpurgisnacht, which is a pagan festival. Is it now? Yeah, people still celebrate it. And it's a, that's a, it's like a direct quote from like one of their books. Uh, yeah, I think so. Something right on. I don't know. Hell yeah. So now then we see there's, we cut to this guy who's mopping a grocery store who I I thought this guy was actually gonna be a bigger, bigger part of the movie is he's mopping on the floor and then he takes a swig of, uh, orange juice, puts it back on the shelf. Disgusting. Nice. Right. But then there's like an earthquake. Stuff starts shaking around. Yeah. And everything is like all these weird things start happening in the city. Uh, There's like a gas station. Gas pump falls off. There's like a car raises up on a lift. Bells go off. Cars go off like honking all at the same time. Uh, There's a woman who looks out the window. Stuff starts happening in her place. Like TV's turning on. Lights going off. Then we cut to this middle-aged guy and he's in a car. Yeah. Right. And he's listening to Stevie on the radio. Yeah. And what I here's what I like about this guy right away. So he's listening to Stevie on the radio and Stevie says, I'll be here playing music all through the witching hour. And if you have some other things to do, try and keep me turned on and I'll do the same for you. And then this guy goes, okay. And I was like, I love this guy. I don't yeah. know what it was. That's the great Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins. Character Nick Castle, who I mentioned is the guy from Halloween. Oh yeah. Oh wait, what are you doing on Halloween? He was the, he was the shape, which is Michael Myers. Oh hell yeah. Script. Fuck yeah, man. Cause I thought this guy was going to be a tiny part of the film. And yeah. I was like, I love that. I, I hope this guy doesn't die. Yeah. And the grocery store guy never comes back. Never right? comes we back. Never see him again. Nope. We do see the woman who was at the window and then ends up being, I believe, the, the assistant of Mrs. Uh, Williams. Oh, OK. Which who's, is who's Nancy Loomis. From right. Halloween. And I, she's the she's the wife of one of the guys who goes missing later in the film, I think. Oh, OK. Yeah. I yeah. think of Al. Anyway, so uh, so Nick's driving along. He sees a hitchhiker, picks him up, picks her up because he doesn't realize he's in a horror film. Right. You don't pick up a fucking yeah. hitchhiker. In 1980, you just picked up hitchhikers and it was probably fine. Right. But the hitchhiker is Jamie Lee Curtis. Because the hitcher didn't come out till 82. Well, oh, so that's another horror film. Yeah. Now oh, the listeners will probably know what that is. So it's Jamie Lee Curtis is the hitchhiker. And, and I mean, you can't fault Nick for picking up Jamie Lee Curtis. She was one of my early no, childhood she crushes. Was, yeah. She's incredible. Um, so she gets in the car. He gives her a sip of the beer because it's the 80s. Yeah, just driving down the road with a beer. <laughs> uh-huh. Cool guy. <laughs> she says she's never hitchhiked before. She asks um, if the guy's weird. And he says, yeah, I am weird. And I was like, this guy's got great stuff to say. And I was yeah. like, that's a thing that I would say, right? Uh, aside from the, the car beer, I, I'm like, this guy's me. Yeah. So I just want to say, before we ever so, find out, like. Saying you don't drink around, you don't drive around drinking well, Budweiser. I did in the 80s. <laughs> I, uh, I, but I, here's the thing. You don't know who this guy is for like uh for about an hour like i don't know maybe do they 20. ever really get into who he is no no but you don't know his name yeah for like 20 minutes and mm-hmm. then later on they cut to him and i'm like in love with this guy and then they he says his name is nick and i was like oh my god because <laughs> i was like i literally wrote down this I guy didn't is even me think, i didn't even think about that when we were I was no i was like it. this i was like he is me it was like fucking great so she Just says, cool guy. <laughs> yes. picking up uh, hot women, right? <laughs> yeah, that's me, dude. So 
So he says, when he, after he says, yeah, I'm weird, she laughs and she says, well, the last guy that picked her up was normal and fell in love with me. Um, and then he says, I thought you said you never hitchhiked before. And that's when I was like, so this lady's kind of weird, right? I was kind of like, hmm, who yeah. is this person? And then she says, it's my 13th ride. And, the, and then he says, oh, weird and unlucky. And then oh, the windows fucking explode in their car. Yeah, so, part of that like weird bad omen, omen sweeping through the town. Right, we're reminded that we're still in this omen. Um, so now we're with Stevie and she gets a call from Dan. Now Dan runs the weather, um, factory, not factory, <laughs> the weather service. He makes the weather, man. <laughs> he's, uh, he's the fog. No, so he, oh, so he was buying the whole thing. I have, seems like it. So he, so Dan works at like the weather unit or whatever, basically like calls the, the radio to be like, Hey, here's the updates about the weather. Uh, Dan is a horny guy. I'll tell you that. He is, in, he is into Stevie big time. And he says, hey, Stevie, going to the big party tonight? She Can says, you blame him, though? I mean, Stevie, Adrian Barbeau. Yeah, if I heard that voice all the time, I'd be calling her up. So she says that she's too busy to go to this big party. She's like, I don't own a radio station, Dan. He tells her there's a fog bank 15 miles out. It's about 25 miles wide. And uh, she's like, okay. And so she tells you know people on the radio all about that. Now we cut to see some boys on a ship. Right? Yeah. They're on like a, a trawler, right? Yeah. They're on a trawler. Kind of like a fishing boat, sort they're of? A fishing boat. That's right. There's like three, four guys in the ship and they're all talking about, they're listening to Stevie talk about the fog bank and one of them's like, there ain't no fog bank out there. And then he looks out the window and he says, hey, there's a fog bank out there. Nice comedy line. Uh, the fog's coming in fast. It enters the ship and immediately these guys just get murdered by these like fucking shadowy pirate figures yeah they're kind of like uh like drowned pirates like a little bit like pirates of the caribbean kind of right but yes like fucked up and evil yeah and bef- way before the pirates of the caribbean they have hooks and swords and they stab these guys and hook their throats and it's yeah. it's brutal it is brutal but weirdly no blood they, they they are trying to go for a pg rating are they really yeah it was oh. it was rated r but they were trying they were shooting for a pg with this movie okay well yeah, it wouldn't be that way anymore. It is. It is. Uh, it was very gory, even though there was no blood. But yeah, like yeah, they're uh, like hooking people, and uh, they got all kinds of like weapons, like uh, not normal weapons, mostly too. They're like meat hooks and stuff. It's like yeah, right. Yeah, they're nasty savages. So nasty savage, nasty savage, dropping the TVs on his head. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so that's like what we call a callback in the biz. Yeah, that was a good intentional. Yeah, that was a good one. So. Um, so now we're back with Stevie. She gets a call from horny Dan and he says, Hey, you weren't right about the fog. It's actually moving West. You said it was moving East or whatever. She's like, Oh, whatever. And then he makes another pass at her cause he's horny and, uh, she turns him down. So now we're back with the truck delivery guy. He's in bed with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, he did it. Yep. He really scored. Yeah, well, this was, you know, this was before the uh, AIDS epidemic. You know, they're still at the tail end of the sexual revolution. Yeah, they're just, just all about it. He picked, just... up, he picked up a hitchhiker and had sex with her. Yeah. Unbelievable. She got, she got picked up by a random dude on the road and just yeah. hopped right into bed. When yeah. He said he was weird. Yeah, he's like, I'm weird. And he got, he got it in. I mean, he's the best. So I, I'm like loving this guy right now. And um, he's looking through a sketchbook. She's an artist. Yeah, whatever. But then she says her name is Elizabeth, and I'm like, hmm, right? So I'm, the whole movie, I'm like thinking something's going on with Elizabeth, and nothing ever happens with her. Yeah. There's she, nothing. Yeah, it's like, you know, you normally you pick up a hitchhiker in a horror movie. That's a red flag. Right. That's not like... Yeah, it's like, why was she a hitchhiker? How come know, he couldn't... Texas she, Chainsaw Massacre does not work out well. Right. Why would... It's like the whole... That was the thing about the movie. is like the whole reason of her, like her motive, her like reason for hitchhiking, getting to... It's like, why didn't he just meet her at a bar or something? You know? Yeah, well, you know, makes it creepier, right? But the creepiness doesn't pay off, you know? 
Yeah, I guess not. You know, they turn out to just be pretty like nice, normal people. Yeah, great couple. Yeah, <laughs> who I think just wound we hope up they together. make it. You know, maybe they got married. I hope they did because they they. I mean, honestly, I think they're the perfect couple. So there's a bang at the door, Joe. Yeah, not in the movie. In the movie, yeah, not here. So it, it, there's a bang at the door, and Nick's like, "Huh, what's going on here?" Jamie Lee Curtis, by the way, unfazed. Yeah, well, you know. That's another thing for me. I'm like, are they trying to make us think this lady's doing something she never does? <laughs> you so, know, she's kind of, you know, she's pretty easygoing nature right. about her. So, so at this point, kinda I... the opposite of Laurie Strode a little bit from Halloween. Yeah, see, I, I don't know the reference, but I... Uh, yeah. Well, that was her character in Halloween. That's all for the pod listeners. They're the fucking experts here. So this is when I think, like, Nick's going to die, you know? I'm like, he's dead. This is it. And then he goes, opens the door. Right as he opens the door, clock strikes one o'clock. His clock explodes. And then everybody's gone. And he's like, huh, that was weird. Huh. I'm having a weird Guess night. I got to get a new clock. <laughs> yeah. So now we're on the beach. There's this kid. He's running around. He sees like this piece of wood on the rocks. And he picks up this piece of wood. It says Dane on it. He runs home, gives it to his mom, who happens to be Stevie. Yep, the radio DJ. The radio DJ. So Stevie's got a son named Andy, and she looks at this piece of wood, and she's like, okay, well, um, uh, thanks, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for the piece of wood. Great. (laughs) Awesome. It's driftwood. You know, people on the coast, they hang it up and call it art. Right. I mean, it did say Dane on it, which um, I don't know if that ever did get it. Did that get explained? Uh, Was that the name of the boat, the the ship that Maybe it was. It had to be. It had to be. Um, Oh, by the way, there's pictures of mom and dad in in the house. But there's only Stevie. So yeah, dad's not around. Never gets explained, does it? No, and I don't think it needed to. I I, I liked I kind of liked the way they did it. You saw a few pictures. You're like, ah, she's a widow. A widow. Okay, so now we're with Nick and Jamie, who are at the docks. You know, Nick and Jamie are are because because Nick oh, Nick and Elizabeth. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so Nick and Elizabeth are at the docks, and they're looking for Al. I think Ashcroft, one of the guys who was the crew members from the people who went missing. But they were like, um, when they're talking to the people at the docks, they're like. These guys, we we don't know where they are. They didn't come back last night. So they take off, right? They're like, we got to go find these guys. Now we're at like this big party, right? There's like, this is the big party that they were talking about that, that Horny Al was talking about. Oh, yeah. And so it's like this big celebration. I think it's because it's the 100 year anniversary of like the founding of the town. The founding of the town. Which is uh, Antonio Bay. Antonio Bay. That's right. And where is that? Is it it's supposed K- to be in Northern California. I think it might be fictional. Okay. But they make reference to Bodega Bay, which is where the birds took place. So it's near there. The Birds, the movie? Yeah, the Hitchcock movie. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Horror. So we meet this lady, Mrs. Williams, and she's like talking to this assistant who ends up being that woman from the uh, earlier in the film in her house. And she's uh, she's a little bitchy, but she's sweet. You know? Yeah. She's kind of like she is, but she's, you know, she's a little bit charming and funny about yeah, it. Yeah. She's nice. She's a likable character. Yeah. She uh, says played that- by Janet Lee, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's mom in real life. Oh, shit. Uh, Janet Lee from Psycho. The shower scene. Son of a. Wow. Yeah. Look at all this history. Unbelievable. Okay. So now we're with uh, Stevie and she's driving. She's going to drive to her studio and she's got the piece of wood with her. Yeah. She, she's a good mom. Is that where you get that wide shot of her driving that little like, convertible Volkswagen? Yeah. That's right. Yes. So note, uh, the movie was shot in pan of like a widescreen anthro and how do you say it? Anthropomorphic. Not not anthropomorphic, uh, anamorphic. I think anamorphic. Screen, yeah. Okay. Uh, which you know was like uh, they did it to make it feel less low budget because it was like a low budget independent movie. Oh, okay. But they shot it in like this widescreen Panavision to make it look like uh, a little bit higher class. Sure. Oh, they did a good job. So 
uh, now we're with Nick and Elizabeth who are on a boat and they're out looking to see where the guys are. Right. And then they find the ship. They find the ship that the dudes were on. Yeah. They find the, the trawler, like the fishing boat, right? Like, right. They find the, tri- the fishing boat. But then we cut back to Mrs. Williams who arrives at the old church in the cemetery. And then she's looking for Father Malone. And then she, so she knocks on the door, it creeps open. And then she's like looking for Father Malone and he just pops out of the shadows. He's just like, she's standing there, Father Malone, and he just pops out. I mean, it's like a jump scare, but you're like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know? He's just lurking. I think he was just passed out or something. Oh, yeah. Maybe he just passed out drunk. Yeah. But he like, just like, he like perfectly leaned into the light and you're just like, what are you, why? Oh, that, that might've been the work of uh, Dean Cundy, who was a uh, Carpenter's cinematographer. Uh, for a lot of movies, also worked with Spielberg and Robert Zemeckis. Oh, okay. 100 movies. That's great. He I was mean, real uh, famous for the shot in Halloween where like Michael Myers materializes out of the shadows. So that could have been a little bit of a sure. little bit of Cundy. Yeah, Cundy. Hell yeah, dude. Putting his stamp on it. I mean, that's great. I mean, it was like a great, it's a great reveal. You don't see him at all. But you're also like, but why him though? You yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> Just the, the fucking drunk priest. So in this moment, we're like cutting back to Nick and Elizabeth. We're cutting back to Malone. Is that where she says you have a great way of making yes, ma'am sound like fuck you? Oh, no, I didn't even hear that. Assistant. Yeah. Oh, that's that great. Great line. Yeah. She calls her assistant annoying, but like sweet. The whole time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Father Malone reads from this book that he found to these people, which basically is just explaining the whole story of like this whole crew. Right. Yeah. And it ends up being that it was like this plan to kill this guy named Blake. Yeah. And his whole crew. And because um, they were trying to like, they were like uh, trying to like re they were trying to move a leper colony. Wasn't that the thing? Like, yes. It was like on an island and they were trying to move it like an hour north of the town. Right. So they wrecked him on purpose. Yeah. It's it's a it's a crazy story. And you find out later that they were Father Malone's ancestors, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. by the way, that was inspired by a true story that actually happened. No shit. Uh, yeah. It was a ship called the Frolic that was wrecked intentionally uh, near a town called like Goleta, California, somewhere I've Whoa. never heard, but like on the coast of Northern California yeah, like well. in the 19th century. Yeah. Probably because the name of that ship sucked. Yeah. The Frolic. Come on, guys. You knew better than that. Bunch of burly dudes. Frolics right into the rocks. (laughs) Idiots. All right. So then we're back on the ship uh, with Nick and Elizabeth. And they're looking around. They're seeing all the gauges are shattered. You know, Mercury's uh, stuck at 20 degrees, which is weird. And uh, they're they're in the ship and they're waiting for the Coast Guard to get there. And Elizabeth apologizes for giving them bad luck, you know, whatever. And uh, Nick tells the story of his dad, who was a fisherman. He said his dad saw a, a brig heading right for him and his crew members went on board the brig and found a gold doubloon from 1687. And then his, his dad brought home the gold doubloon to the kids. And he said he reached into his pocket and, and the gold doubloon was gone. Ooh, creepy. Creepy, right? Yeah. I don't know what that means. Maybe it fell out. Maybe. <laughs> right? I mean, I don't, I don't know what this story means. Is it supposed to be deeper than I am understanding? You know, uh, does it have to do with the... It's uh, hard to imagine that it is. It was, a, it was inspired by, well, partially by like this ship, The Frolic, but also by like uh, EC Comics, which is like uh, horror comics from like the 50s. Okay. That uh, Carpenter grew up on. They also inspired the movie Creep Show. Okay. Uh, yeah. Kind of like a Tales from the Crypt type thing. Okay. I mean, that's interesting. I, I, but I, I Yeah. But I, what do you think of that story? I think it's just like they were just like we guys to throw some creepy stories into this movie. Yeah, you know that might have right. been one of those scenes. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. like because doesn't that that ends? That's the one where she says like uh, 
afterwards she's like i want to head back to vancouver yeah and then like a dead body, a dead body falls. falls on her so she says i want to head back to vancouver after this weird story where she's like well i don't know what that meant but i want to get the fuck out of here and then a dead fucking crew member with no eyes falls on top of her yeah and you see like he, he was like he was the last one to get killed of that crew and uh the goat he was like inside the ship and he was like you know aj what are you doing and then like they fucking came yeah. and gouged his eyeballs out. yeah they gutted the fuck out of him so uh, we're back with Malone. He's talking about the, he's reading from the book, talking about the murder. He mis- he mentions in this book, there was a mysterious fog. And, uh, he says that it was his, his grandfather who, who was the murderer. Yeah. He was, his grandfather was the one who like, you know, but they like lit a fire to like cause the ship to crash or something. Yeah. Right? They really, we don't need the, I, I mean, it's like, I, yeah, he's just a bad grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> bad grandpa. <laughs> kind of a Johnny Knoxville type. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or was it? Uh, yeah, it was Johnny Knoxville. Okay. Uh, the what was, what no, was the Robert? I was thinking Bad Santa, which was uh, the other guy. Oh yeah. Well, there's also a Robert De Niro one, wasn't there? Like Dirty Grandpa or something. <laughs> like, I don't know, there's too many Grandpa movies. So now we're back with Stevie, and she's in her lighthouse, and um, she, she lighthouse put, slash radio station, which is a we- cool place for a radio station. Yeah, right. That's cool because like, I think that's the reveal when you find out that she her studio's in a lighthouse. Yeah, which is cool. Mm-hmm. But she uh, she puts the piece of wood down. And uh, I'm sorry, cutting back and forth is weird. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> is it okay to keep cutting back and forth? Yeah. We're, we're with Malone and uh, Mrs. Williams, and Malone believes that Antonio Bay has a curse on it, right? And William asks Malone. Williams is trying to, like, change the subject. She's like, hey, you going to the big benediction tonight? You going to come out to the party? And Williams is the older lady played by Janet uh, Lee, right? That's right, yeah. yeah. And so... He says, yeah, she's like, yeah, yeah, it's a curse thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah anyway. She, yeah. She's like, whatever. I need you to come to this fucking party. Yeah. Uh, Got a big event happening. <laughs> and he says, we're all cursed. We're cursed. Williams, all of us. And so um, Stevie's making coffee at her lighthouse. Uh, the, the, the Dane piece of wood starts to just drip water from it. Water just starts to seep out of the piece of wood. It gets onto her electronics, goes onto her little like... Um, portable radio that she's listening to and then the portable radio starts getting going into this like it's like a guy's talking on it and it goes into this like deep voice and yeah. it says kind of some creepy things yeah creepy things but seemingly like random like, random creepy yeah. things still a thing where you're like just yeah, for the, this for the sake about? of creepiness yeah. you know yeah <laughs> and then um and then everything catches fire it just fucking explodes into flames and then she puts it out with the fire extinguisher and then everything's just back to normal and the radio comes back on and she's yeah. like, what the fuck is going on? Well, right? I noticed the piece of wood also in that scene, uh, it, it changes to say six must die. And then it goes back to saying Dane or whatever later. Oh, which I, I like a detail that I noticed. That's I was pretty like, good. Yeah, that's creepy. Yeah, that's hey, that's creepy. Yeah, it was, you know, a lot of things, you know, I think I think the reason that they put all these like weird stories and all this stuff is just like, hey, that would be creepy. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, so now we're we're uh, we're back to the we're back to little Andy, right? He's he's with uh, Mrs. Krobitz mm-hmm. or Kobitz or something, who's uh, his yeah. nanny. Stevie calls and says, "Hey, you gotta stop picking stuff up on the beach. You're not allowed to go out tonight. You're staying in tonight." And he's like, "Aw, right?" But she's like, I, "Some crazy stuff just happened. You don't know what's going on." Yeah, you're four, you know, five, whatever you are. Yeah, she doesn't and, know that. You know, for a kid in 1980, that's rough because there was like what five channels on TV. There was nothing to do inside yeah. your house. Yeah, you live in a beach town, and you're like, "Mom, that's my uh, my whole life." Yeah, it's the only thing I do is go <laughs> to the beach, and then I listen to captains tell me scary stories who we don't know. Yeah, we assume we just drew, like wandered up to this group of children. Right. And was <laughs> like, "Listen up, kids! <laughs> I'm gonna give you nightmares for." <laughs> 
And they meet him there every night. All right, so Nick and Elizabeth are at the coroner's office. The coroner takes Nick into the hall, and he's like, what the hell happened out there? You know, he's like, you know, he looks like that guy's been underwater for a month, you know? And and Nick's like, no, yeah. it's been two days. Yeah, like he, he was just alive. He was just alive, and now he's dead. And the guy's like, there's no way. The coroner's like, there's no fucking way, man. And Elizabeth is left in the, alone in the room with that, that dead body. But suddenly, the dead body starts to move, and it picks up a scalpel, and yeah. it's, it, it goes up behind uh, Elizabeth. Yeah, and you know... You think it's going to get her. You think it's going to get her. You really do. And by this point, I'm thinking like maybe Elizabeth is not uh, the bad person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe she's not the villain of the movie. <laughs> so the scalpel, the thing starts, you know, the, uh, the 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 dead guy starts approaching her. Then she screams. And then the two guys run in. They're like, what the hell? And they're like, this is some crazy shit. Something's going on. Yeah. The coroner's name was Dr. Fibes, by the way, which is a reference to the... Uh Vincent Price movie, The Abominable Dr. Fibes. That's the the name of the movie? That was the name. Yeah, that's the name of the movie. But the character, the coroner's name is Dr. Fibes. Dr. Fibes. I like Dr. Fibes. A little piece of history for you all. Every Everything in this movie is a reference to something else. There's Lovecraft references and like this get mentioned on the radio. Like, Oh, that's great. You know, that's Ar- cool. Arkham Reef. Like Arkham was a big Lovecraft thing before Batman. Oh, really? Yeah, Learn the so town in here. Massachusetts where he set most of his stories, Arkham, Massachusetts. God damn. I hope you guys are learning as much as I am. So now we're back at the big event, right? The the unveiling of the statue, the big 100-year thing. Yeah, it was a big deal. Kind of a little like, you know. It was all they had. Yeah, you know, there's <laughs> not a lot going on in this town. No, everybody a, turns out for this fucking statue right. unveiling. And it's like, and everybody is like 40 people. Yeah. So the sheriff, I believe... Yeah, comes up and in, into in a bar where Miss Williams is, and she tells him, "Hey, we're still looking for your husband Al." And she she cries, but she keeps herself together, right? And Nick and Elizabeth are in the car. They're listening to the radio. They hear Stevie mention the fog again. Nick calls into the station, and he's like, uh, "What's up with that? You know, what's going on with the fog?" And Stevie says she saw the fog last night. It was glowing, and she thinks something's going on. And now we cut to Dan listening to Stevie. Dan's horny again. <laughs> He's horny. Yeah. So he arrives at the weather station, which is what I meant to call it, mm-hmm. the weather station. Uh, and Nick and Jimmy are like, let's go to the lighthouse. Let's just head there. So Dan calls Stevie and uh, he's he says he misses her. And he's uh, and he's like, also, there's another fog. And uh, by the way, by the way, weird glowing fog. Uh, I'd love to fuck you. And should be fog. nothing. <laughs> so Dan's. Uh, Dan's like, you sound different, you know? And I'm thinking Dan's going to die. At this point, I'm like, he's got to This is the guy we don't like. When they create a character that you're like, you're just yeah. some rando and we don't like you. You're, yeah, you're unlikable dead. characters don't have a good track record in these movies. Right. And this is what he gets for being so goddamn horny. So he's like talking to Stevie on the phone and he hears a bang at the door. And he's like, ah, hold on. I got to go check this out. And uh, Dan's not bothered by this, you know? But then he goes, he opens the door, fucking just dragged out, killed, murdered. Yeah, by the he's like kind of like they're like half zombie, half ghost pirates, right? Yeah, yeah, and you don't, but you don't really see them. Yeah, you know, you only see like mostly their silhouettes mm-hmm. until later in the film. But uh, and Stevie's freaking out on the phone. She's telling you know she was saying don't don't go over there, and then now she's like something happened. Uh, Miss Williams is giving a speech, right? Stevie calls in an emergency, and um, Miss Williams giving her speech at the the big unveiling, you know, and. Uh, more shit starts going out, you know, like stuff starts flickering and all that stuff. Stevie notices that the fog is, is headed for her home. 
So mm. now she panics. She's like, she, she calls, she tries to call her house, but she can't because there's the power is going out in the town, right? Yeah. So she runs down to the generator, starts trying, trying to get the generator on to get her fucking radio station going. The power is out at the house. Uh, Miss Kobitz notices that there's a fog out there, right? Meanwhile, Stevie's screaming on the radio. You know, she's like, tell my son, please tell my son, get him out. And Nick and Elizabeth hear that on the radio and they're like, well, okay, let's go to this house, right? So they start heading towards that house. Now there's a bang at the door on the house. And Miss Kobitz does not look good for Miss Kobitz. No, she's in, she's telling, what's his name? Andy. Andy. She's like, Andy, go to bed. He's yeah, like, he's like, what? Like two, like, I don't want to go to bed. Like, right. give, like two more minutes. Like, yeah. And this kid, I mean, he's really getting, he's getting the short end of the stick. He's like, I'm not even allowed to go out tonight. I'm not going to go to bed at like 8 PM. Yeah. So there's monsters banging at the door. Miss Kobitz opens the door. Destroyed. Yep. She's dead. Uh, now the, the the monsters go, they start knocking down Andy's door. And then Nick gets there just in the nick of time. I didn't mean to say that, but it worked really well. So he gets uh, he gets the little boy out, takes him away. Yeah, well, the, the truck gets stuck for a minute. You know, they're like they're like trying to drive away. The fog's closing in. The Whatever monsters are in the fog are closing in. The truck was just. That's right. But then, yeah, they get it. And I skipped that part. Away. Yeah, yeah. So they and then they're, they're stuck in the. Just in the nick of time. Just in the nick of time. They get in the car. The, the car's stuck and uh, they're trying to get away. The monsters are approaching. And then just before they, you know, they drive away. So um, I'll edit that <laughs> later. <laughs> I say leave it in. <laughs> uh, so now Miss Williams is told, being told that the ceremony is, needs to end and everyone needs to go home. Stevie's on the radio. You know, she's screaming for her son. Please help my son. I couldn't make it. Now she's just kind of like, I, I, my son's dead. And if, if, if you're out there, I'm sorry, I couldn't make it. And I love you. And uh, she sees the fog in the distance and she keeps warning people about the fog. She's like, the fog is coming. You guys have to get away. Now, Miss Williams is in the car with her assistant. They hear Stevie talking about the fog. They have no idea what's going on. So the fog chases Nick and Elizabeth and they're being told uh, to meet up at the old church. Right. Oh yeah. Stevie's telling everybody go to the church. It's like the last place that hasn't been overtaken by the fog. Right. That's right. That's right. It's moving through the whole town at this point. That's right. They meet Malone at the church who, who has seemed to totally give up at this point. He's hammered drunk. And, uh, he basically says we're fucked. You know, there's no point. And the fog approaches. It's everywhere. And, uh, it's heading towards Stevie now. And Malone, he's like, we're cursed. There's nothing we can do. Blake and his men are coming for us. Now the, the fucking, the guys are banging on Stevie's door at the lighthouse and she's like, oh shit. Um, now they're reading from Malone's book, trying to figure out what the clue is to stop the whole thing. Something about a fortune, you know, Stevie's attacked, you know, she's being attacked by these monsters on her lighthouse. Yeah. She climbs up onto the roof, right? She climbs up onto the roof of her life house, a lighthouse and all these guys are just going after her. Malone and Williams find a golden cross in the wall and they realize this is the thing. This is the thing that they want. Um, that was the treasure. He, he, yeah. That was a big treasure. Big ass golden cross. Huge. Yeah. Melted it down, turned it into a cross. Yeah. And so now the the church is surrounded by these monsters, right? They're reaching through the windows. They're grabbing people. Smashing stained glass. Smashing. Left and right. Oh, yeah. Know, they don't give a pull shit. People through. They don't give a shit about the church. It's real night of the living dead kind of. Yeah. You know. Never seen it, but I'll watch it. Uh, we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it. That's going to be everything. It's funny because yeah. you make so many references that I'm like, I have no idea. So uh, that's for the sake of the listeners. Yeah, but people get it. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them will know. Yeah. They're like, this guy, I'm the ignorant one. You know, and, and yeah, Maybe not, you know, some of our friends who said they'll listen. Yeah. So as everyone's being attacked, um, Malone holds up the cross, 
you know, because he sees Blake, Blake, the fucking lead dead guy. Yeah, he was the captain of the ship. Captain of the ship. Uh, he's more than just a lead dead guy. You're yeah. right. Uh, Blake played by uh, Rob Boutine, who was the lead like special effects makeup guy too. Oh, nice. Good for him. Yeah, he uh, he asked for the part, and uh, Carpenter said, uh, "Stand up and get out." <laughs> and then when he stood up, he realized he was six foot five, and he was like, "Oh, actually, you'd make a perfect Blake." <laughs> oh shit, that's great. He said, "Stand up and get out." He was yeah. really he was serious. I think so. Wow. I, mean, I don't know. Hard to say. I read it, you know, so I don't, I couldn't yeah. hear his tone. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's stand up and get out. Seems like, you know, if you've seen any interviews with Carpenter, it seems a very thick, like him thing to say. Sure. Sure. Okay. So Malone says, my grandfather stole this from you. I am the sixth conspirator. It is me. I'm father Malone. Take me. So all the while, like Stevie's being att- attacked by these people on a roof and she's like getting really close to be, to being murdered. Yeah. Uh, Blake grabs the cross. There's a shattering of uh, light and an explosion. Yeah, the the, the cross, the the gold cross starts like glowing, like, yeah, bright, gl- like it's like on like white hot on fire. Right, and it, like it, it, you think that Malone is gonna like catch on fire too, because he's like turning yeah. orange and shit. But then there's just a big explosion, a uh, bunch of light, and then the crew is gone. Crew is, disappears, and everyone is safe. Stevie is on the roof. She's like, what happened? They're all gone. Yeah. She, I think she got a hook in the shoulder. She did. She got yeah. hooked in the shoulder. That yeah, poor but, you know, woman. Yeah. So yeah. Andy's safe. Stevie's safe. Miss Kobitz didn't make it. No. Horny Dan didn't make it. The fog slowly disappears. Stevie gets back on the radio. She says she just can't get enough of this. Wait, <laughs> did she say that? <laughs> yeah. She said, I just can't get enough of this, of this fog. <laughs> she says. Uh, Horny she, Dan finally. <laughs> <laughs> he finally found the right button. Yeah. So she gives the sign off. Um, she says, we need to be careful. We need to be looking out for the fog. It could happen again. This could happen at any moment. Um, Malone goes back into his office and he says, why not six, Blake? Why not me? Right? He says to himself. But then the fog comes in under his floor and Malone turns around and he's slashed by Blake. Yep, chops his. Looks like he chops his head right off, like clean off. Yeah, they they cut, but you hear his head getting chopped off. Oh yeah, and that's the end. That's the end of the movie. Yep, roll credits. Roll credits. So it was pretty good. Yeah, but like we said, I mean, there's like a lot of things that were weird. There were a lot of things that were just that just that happened that weren't explained. I mean the the coin thing. Wasn't there like a coin at some point with the kid? He like maybe saw a coin. I not that I remember because I thought he saw a shimmering in the distance and that's what brought him to the rocks and I Um, thought it was gonna be a coin it might have been a coin you know like because he at one point he said I hope next time I find a coin yeah well you know like uh I think that might have been all these like things that kind of just seemed a little bit just like what was that about I think we're probably part of these reshoots like you know they watched the cut and Carpenter said like "Eh, this movie doesn't really work right and the you know the producers weren't happy with it so they went and they added some stuff to make it longer and also a little bit scarier and right. a little bit more gory because they figure like they didn't want to be that gory, but they were like, it's 1980, you know, we're going to be competing with a lot of gory movies. Which right, they right. Were, you know, that was the year Friday the 13th came out. So, 1980? You know, yeah. Okay. So they were they were right on, you know, they, they, it was probably the right call. Sure. It does feel like there was a, just a bunch of stuff that just didn't make sense. You know, not too yeah. much. It wasn't like a, like I said, the whole movie had a great rhythm and, and there wasn't a dull moment. Yeah. But, but yeah, looking like, back at know, the details, you're like, why? 
like the but yeah this is like the the you know the captain at the beginning the random yeah. story about like you know nick's dad and the the coin and, yeah yeah and also the fact that like elizabeth was an artist and she was heading to where was she it's like san diego or something she vancouver went, i think oh right vancouver yeah. that's right yeah but she at some point she says like coast. yeah 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 she's heading up the coast but yeah she was like i'm gonna sell my sketches and I, even though it wasn't like a thing that we it's like not that we need to go back to that but it was kind of like i don't know it's kind of like random details that her character and her, like like elizabeth and nick their characters are kind of just like well, we need people to do this stuff. So yeah. like, like they don't really get explained. You know, no, they're not the really, protagonists. It's Stevie you know. is the main protagonist. But yeah, like Stevie and, and Elizabeth were supposed to be the protagonists. But like, I don't know. Like, it, it's like weird because it was like the movie kind of had like two. Right. Like protagonists. And like and that other thing with Stevie is like she's by herself for 90 percent of the screen time. Yes. She has like one interaction with her son, Andy. And then the rest is just like her by herself in the radio station. That's right. You know, so yeah, good like, point. I guess, you know, she can't be the lead if she's just alone the whole time. Right. I mean, but can't she be? So you said Stevie and Elizabeth were supposed to be leads or Nick and Elizabeth were supposed to be? Stevie and Elizabeth. Yeah. That's so strange. Yeah. But Nick did not like uh, he Tom Atkins is Nick guy. Like his billing was pretty low, even though he feels like he kind of feels like the male lead of the movie. Like, you right. Know, like, uh, which, you know, most movies from that time had kind of like a male and a female lead. Right. Which is weird for Carpenter movies. A lot of times, like, his casts were very dude heavy. And, like, were women they? were kind of minor. Yeah, especially, like, The Thing, which came out in 82. Oh, yeah. Like, the only woman in The Thing is the voice of Kurt Russell's, like, chess, like, computer game, which is voiced by Adrian Barbeau. Okay. Right. The rest, the rest is an all-male cast. Yeah, I mean, that's not surprising. I mean, it was like that for a lot of things. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean... It's like, it's weird. It's still a good movie in spite of that. It is a good movie. It's like, it's enjoyable to watch. It's not the scariest. No, it's not the scariest, but it is, it is scary, you know? And I, I, like we say with a lot of these eighties films is like, it would have been scarier if I were, you know, if it were, if I were in the eighties, you know? Yeah. And you know, there are some older movies from that like era that are still pretty, like they can still fuck you up, but the sort of dated feel makes it hard for it to be like that scary. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. Couple other like just notes I thought were interesting. Uh, yeah. So the, the movie, the budget for the fog was like with the reshoots, it was about a million dollars. But the uh, distribution company, I think, uh, Avco Embassy, spent three times that amount doing advertising and promotion for the movie. Jesus Christ! Including uh, they put fog machines in the lobbies of select theaters at three hundred fifty bucks a pop. Jesus. Why? Why did they just put it into the budget? Of the, I mean. I don't know. I'm sure Carpenter would have liked to have that extra couple million. Right. Dollars, you know? Yeah. I mean, but yeah, maybe it understand. wouldn't have been a hit if they didn't do that. Who knows? Right, right, right. He's actually in the movie too. Carpenter? Yeah. Who do you play? Uh, he's Father Malone's assistant at the beginning. Oh, uh, that's the guy. Yeah. The guy oh, who shit. says like, hey, can Bennett. I get paid for His name's Bennett. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right yeah. on. Which is named after his friend, Bennett Tramer. <laughs> Wait. Oh my God. I know Bennett Tramer. Do you? Yeah. He, his, I know his daughter, Ava. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, he follows me on Instagram. You sure it's the same? I guess there can't be too many Bennett Tramers out there. No, I, there can't be. Oh, his uh, his character is alluded to in Halloween too. It's Ben as Ben Tramer. We'll have to look this up. But I I know there's a Bennett Tramer. He used to be the showrunner of uh of Saved by the Bell. That could very well be the guy. Yeah, yeah. He's a great he's a great dude. Very sweet. Weird. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me see. I don't know if I I don't have. 
a whole lot of notes. I, for it's, this one. I mean, whatever. I mean, if, if, if you don't have anything that like really sticks out, I mean, I like that we sprinkled it in through the, uh, yeah, I think plot. it was better. Yeah. Right. Anything else we want to say about this one? You know, it's like a ghost story. It's like, you know, his kind of like his most middle of the road kind of movie. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. What I do you think of the performances for this one. I thought the performances were good. I think. Yeah. You know, uh, probably the best acting of any movie that we've watched so far. I which, think, which we did do another film, so I know you guys are like, you've only watched one movie at this point, but yeah, we've watched a couple at this yeah. point, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, well, the other movies we watched, there are like a lot of theater actors and a lot of like people who weren't professionals, yeah. Uh, and with this one, you know, like Carpenter, uh, always wanted to be a filmmaker, you know, like since he was a kid, yeah. So he, like, you know, he studied film, and like Jamie Lee Curtis was the daughter of Janet Lee and Tony Curtis, who were two kind of big stars in their day. Okay. So it was like, you know, people who were film actors made this one, whereas like some of the movies we're going to talk in these early episodes were like done mostly by theater people. Right, right. So it's right. a lot of real over the top performances. Sure, sure. There. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm fine with that. But I, I feel like, yeah, for this one, I was, you know, I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis is, is a solid actress and, and, uh, and Stevie, I thought was 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 great, um, but yeah, I don't know. I thought it was good. Yeah, yeah. I think we can probably call it right. Yeah, I guess we don't. You know, we don't need to pad it with anything else. I, I don't think, think you so. Know, yeah, I, you know, and it's not that long of a movie. No, it's not that long of a movie. Yeah. So next week, uh, we'll be watching Hellraiser. Yeah. Uh, or you know. <laughs> yeah, we'll be talking about Hellraiser. We'll be talking about it. Uh, the episode's already recorded, but you guys will enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, but thanks, guys, for tuning in to the Only Horror Movie Podcast with Nick and Jill. Yeah, we appreciate it, even though we are your only option for horror movie podcast. Yeah, and uh, we love you. I uh, I like you. Yeah, Joe likes you. <laughs>